and I'm in my 70s now and still able to do hard style martial arts, but I believe that it's because I do this slow moving exercise called Tai Chi every day that, that is that balance. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us for the Run the Race podcast. I'd like to say bonsai to you. Uh, so you may have uh, seen or heard about the uh, popular series Cobra Kai, which is now on Netflix. Uh, it came over from YouTube uh, just in late August, and so a lot of folks have been watching it in September. It's had uh, two seasons, 10 episodes each, only about 30 minutes, and so it's easy to get through pretty quickly. It is a kind of a reboot of the 1984 movie Karate Kid, which is one of my favorites from back when I was growing up. Uh, a great movie with Daniel Sun and Johnny and Mr. Miyagi. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit because it works out really well with the guest we have on for today, a good friend of mine, a former boss in the TV news business, uh, who is a karate sensei or martial arts sensei. And uh, we talk about his journey from Buddhism and atheism to Jesus and Christianity and his uh, 40 plus years in journalism and TV and how faith is involved with that. Some misconceptions about martial arts, uh, how it's uh, maybe used as defense and awareness and anything really you have to do with life. And uh, he also talks about uh, you know uh, martial arts in the middle of this uh, pandemic and fitness and faith and everything in between. So we're going to hear from Mark McGee in just a little bit. But uh, first, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Cobra Kai and my memories of Karate Kid and my son, who is a black belt as well. Uh, so you may have uh, seen Cobra Kai. It's really a, a great story of redemption. I'm not going to have any spoilers on here, but it's uh, kind of 35 years later, Daniel LaRusso and uh, Johnny, his nemesis, the enemy in uh, the original movie, The Bleach Blonde Bully. Uh, it's kind of where they are now, uh, 35 years after Danielson beats him in the All-Valley Tournament at the end of that classic movie. In fact, uh, my wife and I have watched both seasons of Cobra Kai on Netflix. And then, just recently this week, we went back and watched the 1980s movie, the original Karate Kid, starring uh, Ralph Macchio and William Zapka as Johnny. Again, they're the the key role, key stars in Cobra Kai. It's, again, a great story of redemption. You remember uh, things like Sweep the Leg from the original movie, and Cobra Kai still has that same motto, Strike First, Strike Hard, No Mercy. And uh, so it's just, it's a really interesting uh, series. If you get a chance to watch it, season three is going to be in 2021. And uh, talks a little bit about balance and about the humanity of Johnny and Daniel. Kind of kind of flips the script and gives uh, you uh, the, the idea of uh, what's, what, what's, what's it like for Johnny uh, now that he's maybe, quote, a loser now. And maybe it wasn't because of what happened back in the day. And it also talks about how we're all capable, I think, of being both the hero or the villain. And it really depends on the choices we make. And, and uh, like Mr. Miyagi says, it's, uh, there's no such thing as a bad student, only bad teacher. And uh, again, not giving you the way, way about Cobra Kai, but uh, his sensei, uh, Sensei Kreese, 
uh, plays a role in uh, this series as well. I, I highly encourage you to watch it. It's it's a little cheesy at times and predictable, but uh, it's great, uh, especially if you know it's got some great themes of faith and fitness in there. And my son, uh, hopefully he'll get to watch the series sometime. He doesn't have as much nostalgia because of, of the 1980s, him not being around. But back when he was about 10 years old, he became a black belt in karate after four years of going to martial arts classes. And I remember to this day, back, uh, he's 16 now, about five or six years ago when he had that uh, black belt testing. Uh, one of the, it was about a four hour test. If you've never been through this before, or maybe your kids have. And at the, at the very, uh, you know, they they're do all these different kind of tricks and, and kind of fighting with different people and defending. At the very end, they put each individual a trainee, a person who wants to be a black belt, they, you know, they, they get that final belt. They put them and surround them by other black belts, kind of older kids. And he's 10 years old and they come one or two at a time, kind of a quote attacking him, and he has to defend himself, and and uh, it's just this kind of you know tiring thing for minute after minute. And as a parent watching that, you're kind of a uh, little little scared and a little nervous, but he made it through it and uh, did a great job, and he still has those belts uh, in up in his room as a teenager now, and he is still officially a black belt. And uh, speaking of that, the uh, the guest for this Run the Race podcast today, which again you can find on Spotify, Apple, Google. Stitcher, and uh, we'd love for you to also, you know, you can look at WTVM.com slash podcast, and you can uh, see any of the past 35-plus episodes and go to Apple and, and write a review at the bottom there. We'd love to hear from you and what you think about the Run the Race podcast because the guest, uh, you're going to definitely want to hear from him. He's got multiple black belts, including a seventh-degree one. Mark McGee, who lives in uh, the Huntsville, Alabama area now, is the co-founder and senior instructor for Grace Martial Arts, which he started 30 years ago. He also started Fitness Ministers Association for uh, Christian Fitness Professionals. He attended Bible College back in the 1970s. And um, and then you know got involved in martial arts began back in 1961 then started teaching karate and, and judo and other things in 1964 and also tai chi is big for him as well we'll hear from him about that he became an atheist in college and then transitioned to being a Christian later he spent 41 years in journalism mostly in TV. Uh, as a reporter, anchor, news manager, tons of different jobs. He's been married for 50 years with uh, two sons and four granddaughters. He's a pastor and a Bible teacher. And it's my honor, it was my honor to speak with Mark McGee. All right, I'd like to welcome uh, Mark McGee, my good friend and former boss uh, to the podcast. Thanks for joining us uh, from Alabama. So glad to be here, Jason. Great to be back with you again. <laughs> After all these years. Yes, I we we you were you were my news director here at WTVM in Columbus, Georgia. I guess about you hired me I think about 20 years ago. It's hard to believe it's been that long and we're going to talk about your uh, four-decade career in media, a lot of that in TV journalism and and you're also very very involved in martial arts and and we're going to talk about some of the misconceptions and fitness aspects of that and and um you know and and also how that's kind of worked out during the COVID uh, pandemic, but First, I wanted to, you know, um, a lot of people have faith journeys, and uh, including yourself. And uh, you were telling me um, off air that um, you, you kind of, you know, when you got involved in martial arts, it was uh, there was Buddhism aspects to it for you, and you became an atheist. And then you had um, this, uh, you know, changes in your life that led you to Jesus and Christianity. So take me back, you know, four or five decades 
back to the 60s or 70s. How did this all play out for you and in, in your journey from, uh, you know, not believing in anything or God to believing in God? Okay. Um, probably need to go back a little bit farther or further than that. That'd okay. be back to the <clears throat> late 40s. After the war, my dad came home. I was born about a year later, so I'm an early I'm an early baby boomer. And um, everybody was going to church back in the 40s, 50s. Um, religion, Christianity, you know, had a very big place in America. And I, so I was raised in a in a church. I was seems like I was always at church. But uh, even though I made a profession of faith at the age of 10, I didn't really mean it it's just what you did as a child back at that time everybody you know you, you go forward you, and you make a profession of faith <clears throat> well about two years later uh i was a somewhat small child and picked on a lot bullied and so my parents thought that maybe getting involved in in some kind of exercise program would be good so i they got me involved in, in the ymca and while i was there i noticed a bunch of people uh, who were throwing each other they were wearing these white uniforms they had different colored belts and they were these little little people were throwing these big people over their shoulders and i thought how cool is that yeah i can do it let, let me do that because i mean i'm 12 years old excuse me i'm 12 years old and i'm i'm being bullied so the idea of being able to defend myself was very interesting <clears throat> so i got involved in judo and uh, then moved on into uh, karate. And when I moved into karate, I, I, I had a new teacher, and, and in Japanese they're called senseis. And my new teacher was, was a Buddhist. I, I didn't know that. All I knew was he taught martial arts. <clears throat> so over a period of time, he would introduce different ideas and concepts of Buddhism. And I became very, very interested in Eastern mysticism to the point that I secretly, because I didn't want my parents to know, I secretly uh, was reading Buddhist writings, <clears throat> uh, studying Buddhist literature, practicing Buddhism without actually going to a Buddhist temple, because in my little town in Florida, there probably wasn't one. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> but I did what I could, and then at the age of 16 or 17, I told my parents, I'm done with, with Christianity, I just don't want to be involved anymore. <clears throat> so <clears throat> I really got into Buddhism, uh, loved it, went to college. Uh, Buddhism and atheism are just a step away from each other. You can be a Buddhist without believing in the existence of God. That's not a problem. Buddhism is more of, a, of an ethical system. <clears throat> so uh, I, I had a, uh, an atheist uh, professor in my first year, my freshman year, and he uh, taught world religions of all things. And he was real anti-Christian, real anti-Christianity. And uh, he just went after Christianity with a passion. And, I mean, I'm there. I'm agreeing, yeah, they're all hypocrites, and yeah. There's... And you're 18, 19 years old at the time? I was, I was 18. Uh, there's no evidence for Christianity. The Bible is, is not true. Jesus never lived. He was a legend. Uh, and so I bought into all of that. <laughs> and so I became an atheist. And uh, when I graduated from college, then I went to work in, in radio. And uh, one of the things that I sat in on and learned about was, was radio talk shows. 
And at first I just sat in, I, later I helped produce them. And then eventually I hosted my own show in a, in a large city in, in uh, Florida. And uh, my job as a talk show host was not necessarily to push my atheism, but if a Christian called and got into trying to explain things from a Christian perspective, I would push back on them. And so my atheism came out over time and became an issue and <clears throat> I became known pretty well in that market for my atheism. And um, uh, I was proud of it. You know, I thought this is pretty cool. So I had a lot of different guests on, but God had another plan for me. He led the owner of the, the, the radio station to change the format from talk news to religion gospel. Hmm. Well, there you go for, for somebody that's atheist, right? As, as, as a host. Exactly, and all of a sudden, I had to go, I had to uh, put my atheism aside because I mean, you can't be an atheist and have a uh, have a, a talk show or to do programming on a on a gospel religion radio station. <laughs> yeah. So God put me in a position where all of a sudden I had to start interviewing uh, religious people, and I and for a while I, I had some unusual people. I inter I interviewed the high priest of the Church of Satan, and, and, and I mean, just some really strange people. But eventually, I had a guy on who was a, uh, uh, <clears throat> was a Christian, and he was a scientist. Hmm. And he had just started a brand new ministry called the Institute for Creation Research. His name was Dr. Henry Morris. And he believed in creation. He believed in God. He believed in uh, the flood. He believed in Noah's Ark. And so I had him on my show, and uh, we talked for about two hours. And by the end of the show, I thought, you know, this is the first time I've ever heard a Christian give any kind of good argument for Christianity. Uh, evidence, and uh, kind of apologetics? Yeah. Yeah, I, you could call it apologetics. Uh, you know, a defense, a reasoned defense for uh, the existence of God, the reliability of the Bible, and the reality of Jesus Christ. So that put me on a journey that lasted about five months, and I met other people, and uh, uh, God just led the right people into my life, got all my questions answered, and an evangelist uh, asked me one day, uh, one of the people that I met, he said, "Is there? can you think of any reason why you shouldn't receive Christ as your Savior. And I thought for a moment, I said, okay, reason. That's what this whole thing has been about, reasons, you know. And I said, I told him, I said, no, I can't think of any reason. So we went into his office, sat down, and he led me to Christ. Wow. <clears throat> that was 1971. And uh, I have been on that journey of learning more and more and more, learning about uh, running the race, uh, fighting the good fight, uh, uh, you know, keeping the faith, all the things that, that, that uh, as, as an athlete, as a martial artist, I was an athlete, uh, fitness buff, and, you know, so much of what is in the New Testament, especially in the, in the writings of the Apostle Paul, spoke to me because he spoke from that aspect of being a warrior, being a soldier, being a, an athlete. And uh, so that, that, that's, I, I, hopefully that was a quick look at, at my journey of faith. Yeah, it, it's an it's an amazing story, and I'm sure a lot of people maybe that are listening can can relate to that. And people may be going through that struggle right now and trying to figure out, okay, 
God, prove yourself. And, and uh, sometimes, you know, uh, you don't hear this kind of um, Charlton Heston voice of God, but maybe, you know, other people um, speak to you and, uh, and, and speak, you know, to you through, through their, their faith walk as well. So it's, it's definitely yeah, you know, God put people in your life for that reason. Right. You know, it's something I left out of my story that might, might be helpful. Uh, I challenged God on my, on my talk show back when I was still, a, I was still an atheist and it was a talk show, radio talk show. Uh, I had a bunch of Christians call and they, you know, they used to get really angry with me and they, you know, because they were trying to convince me that God existed, the Bible was real and I would push back and I would make fun of them. And, and when they got really angry, I would hang up on them and, and say, well, there's another loving Christian for you. And I was, I was, I was a real, I was a mocker, you know, I'm, I mocked Christians. <clears throat> I was really hard on them. So one day I just said, look, folks, I said, I've had enough of this. I said, we're, we're going to settle this once and for all. I said, if God exists, I challenge him right now to come and sit down uh, in a chair that's right across from me. I've got a microphone right here. So God, if you exist, come down, sit across from me, and I'm going to interview you. <laughs> and then I waited for 10 seconds. And anybody who's been in the radio business knows that 10 seconds of dead air is like an eternity. <laughs> yes. Just, you know, it just goes on forever. So I waited 10 seconds and then I began to laugh and I said, well, maybe God's sick. Maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he's just not up to it today or maybe he doesn't exist. And then I moved on. Well, it was, it was, you know, it was about, uh, I don't know, eight, 10 months later that the format of the radio station changed that uh, I eventually uh, uh, interviewed Dr. Morris. And so God did answer my challenge he just didn't, he didn't do it in the way that I thought he would. You know, I, I challenged him thinking I'll face God and I'll show, I'll show him. But God moves in mysterious ways. He has his own way of communicating his truth to people. Yeah. And it was in his time, not, not in your, give me 10 seconds time, you know, for sure. <laughs> exactly. It, 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 you know, I asked for 10 seconds. He waited 10 months. It didn't matter. Uh, he's real. And I got my answer. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I, I want to get to know you a little bit, Mark, before we talk about more about your your journalism career and martial arts, because I'm very interested in that. And and uh, you know, I know I, I know you know when you worked here, you did Tai Chi and different things like that. So I want to hear about that. Um, but first, kind of our fast forward that we do on the podcast, and just quick rapid fire questions to to get to know you a little bit. Uh, the first one is, um, what is your current? I know you're retired, but what is your current job description at work and also at home? Well, let's see. Um, at work, uh, I, 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 after I retired from television, I became a communications consultant. So I'm still a communications consultant. I consult for companies. I consult for ministries, for churches, uh, 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 for missionaries around the world, etc. So a communications consultant would probably be what I, what I would uh, say about my job. As far as my being at home, I would say I'm I'm a, a, a husband, a father, and a grandfather. Gotcha. And you have four granddaughters, including a, a, a new one, a baby, right? Yeah. My, my granddaughters go from four months to 15 years of age. Wow. So there's a wide spread. <laughs> it is a wide variety. You get, you get all, all aspects of life there, for sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> um, and I know that you, you talked about martial arts. So how do you stay physically fit nowadays? Do you have a, a routine for yourself on a weekly or, or daily basis? Yeah. <clears throat> I do Tai Chi every day. 
Uh, I do a whole series. Uh, I've been studying Tai Chi for 23 and a half years. I started teaching about 21 years ago. Uh, I, do a, I, I do a Tai Chi set, which is a combination of standing, rowing, walking, and the uh, form. So I do that every day. Um, I also uh, teach something called Iaido, which is sword drawing. Hmm. So I draw, I draw the sword uh, every day. Uh, for anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes, uh, wielding a, a four-pound uh, razor-sharp sword um, is really good exercise. It also teaches you to be uh, teaches you to be quite precise in your movements. <laughs> yes. You know, as you take the sword out of the sheath, as you cut, and then as you resheath. Um, so that's my day. That's my daily routine. And then I'm also we also do things that are called kata or forms. Uh, when I'm teaching, back before COVID, uh, you know, I was teaching a lot of judo and jujitsu. Uh, can't do that. Haven't been able to do that since COVID because you, you just can't get close enough to people. But that's my daily routine for my own fitness. And kind of give us, a, for those who don't know, a quick synopsis of what Tai Chi is. Because it, it may not look like your typical karate and maybe it looks somewhat like yoga a little bit. Well, Tai Chi Chuan is, is, is the full name, uh, which, which means Grand Ultimate Fist Law or Method. And it's a Chinese exercise. It's been around for more than a thousand years. And uh, it's done pretty much standing up. Um, uh, we do some sitting uh, exercises, but most, most, mostly we're standing and we're walking or moving. And we're breathing deeply in and out. Um, and, and when we do it slowly, when Tai Chi is done very slowly, every movement has a breath. So uh, if, if I'm uh, like taking a step forward, I might be breathing out. And then as I step up, bring my leg up, I might be breathing in. Hmm. Then I take another step forward and I'm breathing out. So it's done very slowly and it's very, very relaxing. And uh, I found uh, after doing uh, hard style martial arts for about 35 years, uh, uh, my knees, my joints really began to hurt me a lot. <clears throat> I'm in my late 40s and I'm, I'm in a lot of pain. And uh, I really thought that I, I might be at the end of my career in martial arts because I could hardly stand the pain hmm. anymore. And then uh, I moved, and uh, in fact, I moved to Columbus. <clears throat> and when I was in Columbus, I met a Tai Chi master and uh, began to learn Tai Chi and then began to teach it. And through that process, I found out that uh, through slow movements, uh, uh, my joint pain ended, my strength to the joints returned, and I'm in my 70s now. And still able to do hard style martial arts, but I believe that it's because I do this slow moving exercise called Tai Chi every day that, that is that balance. Yeah, good for people to know, especially for injury prevention, at really at any age. Um, the next of the fast four is, uh, do you have a particular like spiritual motto or something that really kind of stands out for you, maybe from the Bible or, or just a, a, a way to live? Yeah, my, my motto is a pretty simple. I've had it for years. Uh, loved by God, saved by grace, blessed beyond measure. 
Awesome. And, and I, I think that's the the heading on your Facebook page as well, I believe. Yeah, it, yes. it is. It's been, it's been my motto for years. And so when, when it came time to put something on Facebook, when I first got on, I said, oh, I think I'll use that. That's, <laughs> that's the way that's the way I look at my life. You know, I, I, I realize as an atheist that I was loved by God. That just was a surprise. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> then I was saved by grace. And my whole life, I have been blessed beyond measure. Yeah, those are three great things and, and can can take you through your entire life for sure. And the last of these uh, kind of uh, rapid-fire questions, what is something unique about uh, Mark McGee? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so much, right? <laughs> unique, I don't know. Uh, I, I just see myself as a regular guy. I think uh, I'm very passionate. I'm very focused. That's the way I was in, in uh, the business world. That's the way I am as a Christian, as a, as a, as a Bible student, as a Bible teacher. Um, I don't know that that's unique, <clears throat> but I'm very focused. Yeah, that's great. Well, um, kind of turning a little bit to talking about uh, some of your you know, career and stuff. And I, and I remember, and um, to, to this day, you know, um, being in this business is, is you know, in, in television news, just journalism in general, and this could be applied to really any, any career. It can be tough and can be stressful sometimes. And, and um, you know, we have really tight deadlines every day, every hour, um, which may be different from a lot of jobs. And uh, for you, you know, you were a news director, reporter, anchor, all kinds of um, jobs and, and, you know, in this 40 plus years in the business. And um, I just remember that when you were my news director, you know, we obviously had a boss employee relationship. But when uh, maybe when we were outside the building, you and I would meet on a regular basis. I'm not sure if it was once a week or. or um, I think it, yeah, I think it was once a week. We tried to do it as best we could if we could fit into our schedules. We yeah. were pretty consistent. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, so we'd meet at Burger King and have kind of a Bible yeah. study, a devotional, and which is really unique in this business because. Um, you know, it, it's maybe you don't see a lot of Christians or people sharing their faith when it comes to being in journalism. So for you, in your 40 years um, in journalism, was there a lot of crossover for you? Was it difficult to be a Christian and be in the media? Or was that maybe a, a opportunities for you? No, I saw it all as a, as a great opportunity. Um, as, as a journalist, I, I have, you know, I'm an old style journalist, I guess, because I have a very strong... Uh, belief about the the uh, objectivity of being a journalist. Right, the journalists are to be honest, to be fair, objective. Um, I, I look at journalism uh, basically as this: number one, you have to have curiosity. Uh, if you're not curious, you're not going to be a very good journalist. Uh, second, skeptical. I think you have to be skeptical about everything. It doesn't mean you don't believe things, but you're not going to believe something just because somebody says it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm fact, all, fact check it. I'm always fact checking. <clears throat> so curious and then skeptical. And then once the truth has been found, then I believe that it needs to be accurate and fair. So uh, as a journalist, as a Christian journalist, it didn't really matter what the story was. I mean, I covered uh, I covered the beginning of the, the whole abortion issue back in the 60s when I was an atheist. When I was a Christian... I covered the the uh, uh, Supreme Court ruling of 1973. Well, as as a Christian, I have my own beliefs, but as a journalist, 
I didn't change the way I, I covered the story from whether I was an atheist or, or a Christian, because as a journalist, I followed certain principles, certain mm-hmm. rules. And, and I believe that's really important. <clears throat> as far as relationships, I always looked at relationships, especially after becoming a Christian, as an opportunity to help somebody. And so every day, you know, as I would go into work, I'd be praying, God, today, help me help somebody. And I didn't know what that would be, but the Lord did. And and so I loved the the opportunity of being able to help people. Maybe it's counsel. Maybe it's to help them through a tough time. <clears throat> maybe it's to meet with them at Burger King, you know, <laughs> Uh, every day to me was an adventure because there's some new opportunity that God has for you. And that's how I, that's how I went through my career as a journalist after becoming a Christian. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I know you uh, had a a great career um, in, you know, uh, I guess you spent time in Georgia, Alabama, Florida, all over. And uh, do, do you miss it um, in terms of kind of, I guess you still get to, to watch the news and, and kind of think, how would I do that story? But uh, you're not really kind of uh, involved in the, the center of it anymore. Right. I, I would say for the first couple of years after I retired, I really missed it because I would watch the news and I'm thinking, man, I want to be out there. I want to <laughs> be involved. I want to be sending crews. I want to be doing the live shots and I want to be on the, the intercom. I want to be on the headset, you know, and, and just all the stuff that you do as a manager. And, but then after that, I got so involved in my new career as a communications director and communications consultant that eventually that took over and I didn't miss journalism as much. Um, uh, I, I do watch quite a bit of television and, and, and now online. And <clears throat> I'll be honest with you. My problem today is that I just don't see enough journalists who are doing it the way I used to do it. I don't think they're curious enough, skeptical enough, honest enough, or accurate. And that's just me talking you, you may want to edit that out. I no, no. I, I think the media has been in the spotlight nowadays and, 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 uh, you know, the media gets to blame for stuff, but I think that there's, you know, especially on, on cable news channels, maybe not so much local news, you, the journalists become analysts. And so once they, yeah. you know, share their opinions on TV and my maybe old school view as well, they become less journalists. They become analysts. Yeah, I think that's part of it, and I agree. I think there's a difference between cable television news and local news. Um, most of the local news that I watch still is following a, a pretty good uh, rule, pretty good principles journalistically. But when I look at the national media, I'm just I'm hoping with every story, no matter what the story is, that please ask the right questions. Please be curious. Don't allow yourself as a journalist to fall uh, in any direction. I believe that a journalist should be independent, um, should be, you know, should think on their own, follow the principles, etc. So I, I guess I miss journalism from that aspect because as a news director, I was able to help shape journal, young journalists. I was able to help help shape the way they would cover news, and and I can't do that any longer. So I missed that. 
Absolutely, yeah. And speaking of curiosity, you were telling the story earlier about how you got involved in martial arts. And uh, so, obviously, and you're still involved in it uh, to this day, you know, many decades later. And um, you've got uh, multiple black belts, including a seventh-degree one. So, uh, obviously, highly proficient at that. Um, And, you know, sometimes there's, uh, I guess you would call them misconceptions about martial arts. Or maybe, you know, people see the way it's portrayed on on TV or in movies. You know, I think back to Karate Kid back in the 1980s, you know, Cobra (laughs) Kai versus uh, Mr. Miyagi and Daniel. And, and, and they, there is a, a new show on Netflix, Cobra Kai, and it's 35 years later, and they're kind of back at it again. And so, right. you know, it, are, do you think there are misconceptions about martial arts? Can people sometimes make fun of karate and they don't see it maybe as a true sport or true fitness? What, what would you say to them? Yeah, I think there's a lot of mis- misconceptions because of the media. People uh, will see a TV show and they'll, they'll see somebody – uh, and, and every move works perfectly, and and uh, <clears throat> they'll see a movie about Karate Kid, or they'll you know, they'll watch a movie that's all martial arts, and they come away with some uh, some misconceptions, and uh, there's misconceptions about what a what we call a dojo or a dojang, meaning the gym, that's the Japanese Korean term for the gym where you work out. Yep. And, and it, it really is not, uh, there's not a lot of animosity, not a lot of hatred. There's not a lot of uh, angry competition between teachers and so forth. We're, you know, we're all doing our, our thing. We're trying to help our students and uh, we pretty much cooperate, get along. I've got a lot, a lot of friends. Uh, there are a lot of Christian martial arts instructors and uh, so there, there are a lot of misconceptions. There's also a misconception that that martial arts is about fighting, and and that couldn't be further from the truth. Martial arts is not about fighting; it's about defending. It can be used really in any aspect of life, right? Work or home, whatever. Because we we hear so much in the news today about the need to for de-escalation and awareness. Um, so how can martial arts, what, what is, you know, how do you see that, how it can be used even on, you know, with uh, really any aspect of your life? Cause I know we all deal with stresses and conflict. Yeah. Well, martial arts is basically 90% awareness and 10% technique. So in the awareness, what that means is that you're, 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 um, situationally aware, you know, where you are, you know, what's going on around you and, there's an awareness and that's that's good not only physically but mentally and emotionally to know where am i you know where am i spiritually where am i in in my christian walk or or where am i in my emotional relationship with another human being where am i so being aware uh, a lot of marriages have problems because and a lot of uh, parents you know parents and children have problems because they're really not aware of each other so I, I tell them, first of all, become very aware of your partner, your, your, your husband, your wife, your, your child, uh, the people you work with, your boss, your employee. So awareness. And then 10% is technique. And the first technique that I teach is how to de-escalate, de-escalate a situation. And I've had to do this many times to where somebody gets very angry and either a fight is about to break out, a breakout or it already has. How do you de-escalate that situation? And it starts in your own mind. 
I need to have uh, control of my myself. I need to control my emotions, uh, my feelings, my my will, my desires. And sometimes, I, in order to de-escalate, I need to make my desires subservient to someone else's. And 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 maybe I I, I need to ask, you know, what did I do wrong? <clears throat> I'm so sorry I offended you. Would you please forgive me? I can see that that was the wrong thing to say, the wrong thing to do. You know, like like the proverb Solomon said in, in the proverbs. You know that 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 a kind word can, can really uh, help in an angry situation. And so <clears throat> sometimes it's just being kind, or it's sometimes it's just coming alongside of somebody. I had a situation at a TV station where a guy came into the TV station wanted to pick a fight. And I mean, he literally ran at one of our anchors. This was not in, this was not in Columbus. It was in another city. <laughs> and, uh, literally ran at and threw a trash can at one of our anchors. And I was nearby and I, and I ran after them and I took the individual by the shoulder and the arm, um, his forearm, which is a technique. It is a martial arts technique, but you can use it in either way. I, I could have easily put him into a uh, into an arm lock or, or, or taken him to the ground and uh, hurt him and and held him and and he would not have hurt anybody. But the de-escalation that I did with him was I took him by the shoulder and the arm and I began to talk to him quietly, calmly. And, and I walked him out, you know, down the hallways and out the front door into his car. And, uh, he left and did not return. I was able to deescalate, but I put, I was in a position where I could have gone either direction. <clears throat> and, and when I teach martial arts deescalation, I teach it from the aspect of compassionate and harsh. Anytime that we can be compassionate toward another human being, choose compassion. Yeah. If you need to be harsh, if you have to be harsh, do only what is necessary in order to bring the confrontation to an end. So I see that as working in martial arts, in, at work, at home, in any situation. And you were talking about balance earlier, you know. Um, you know, some, some lessons from TV and movies can be good, you know, um, from Karate Kid, one of my favorite movies. And now it's become this reboot Netflix show. Uh, you have the kind of the aggressive strike first philosophy versus the Mr. Miyagi, Daniel LaRusso, which is the balance and, uh, right. o- only using it for like perhaps self-defense and, uh, kind of being, uh, very kind of in touch with the things around you and your own feelings. And so do you feel like there, there's this, these two aspects of martial arts or that, that how important is the, the balance to not only, you know, karate, but also in, in life as well? Absolutely. You balance your body and your mind and your spirit. There's something that we do in Tai Chi, and, and I'm so glad that I learned it because in the first 35 years of my martial arts career, I really only knew the external harsh side of it. So if you came at me, uh, you're going down. You're going, you know, I'm going to hit you. I'm going to throw you. <clears throat> Something uh, is going to happen that's probably not going to be good for you. Tai Chi taught me 
that first of all, I need to be balanced within myself, that I need to have a balanced way of thinking, uh, not only physically, but thinking and mental, mentally. And then <clears throat> when we, when aggression comes toward us, we do something that we call receive in love and send away with forgiveness, which means that we are doing a particular martial technique, which is yielding and clearing contact control counter. But as far as the person, the aggressor is concerned, all they know is they, they tried to hit you. And now they find that they have uh, quickly moved. You have moved them 10 to 15 feet away from where they were standing. <clears throat> they're not quite sure how they got there <laughs> and they're not hurt and they're still standing probably, but somehow or other we sent them away, but we send them away with forgiveness. So we receive in love, send away with forgiveness. That's the compassionate idea. Now <clears throat> say for instance, in a parent, child, husband, wife, employer, employee, 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 situations employee to employee when <clears throat> when the anger begins when the aggression begins when somebody comes at you in whatever way and it's aggressive receive them in love and <clears throat> send them away with forgiveness don't don't hold a grudge don't don't hold in your heart this anger this bitterness don't let as the bible talks about don't let a root of bitterness uh, get hold and then grow. You don't want that in your life. Bitterness destroys people. It has destroyed people. <clears throat> it has destroyed marriages. It destroys uh, uh, parents and children's relationship, family relationships. Uh, it's destroyed businesses. So don't let a root of bitterness grow. So in Tai Chi, we use that terminology, receive in love, send away with forgiveness. We yield and clear, which means that we we yield and clear to the attack, and then we, we, we contact and control the individual. And then we counter in such a way as to remove them to what we call the void or the emptiness. Yeah. Well, that's and what, that means is, what that means is they're 10 or 15 feet away from you. They, they can no longer harm you. And, and, and our idea is maybe they will over there, <clears throat> they will reconsider their bad behavior and maybe they will turn around and say, Hey man, I don't know what you just did, but I'm so sorry. <laughs> or would you teach me how you did that? I've never seen anything like that. And then maybe we can become friends. Maybe there's a way that we can not only become friends, but that I can share Christ with them. Even when they were the aggressor, they can become somebody who, we befriend and, and, and share the gospel with. So, yes, all of those things can work very well in real-life situations. Yeah, definitely a combination of strength and love. And you, you answered this a little bit already, but for you, you know, you talked about uh, relationships and, and specifically about marriage. And you've been married for uh, 50 years, have two sons and four granddaughters. So um, any kind of secrets to, to having that happy marriage? I know it's obviously ebbs and flows, hills and valleys, uh, with marriages, but for you, how, how have you, um, you know, not only survived, but maybe thrived in those five decades? Well, I, I would say that the, the first couple of decades were not as good as they should have been. And I blame myself, uh, because I was not doing, I was not aware of my partner. I was not, 
I was not doing the things that I just <laughs> earlier said I would recommend now. <laughs> and so I learned the hard way that uh, I needed to be giving and forgiving. I needed to be loving. I needed to love my wife with my whole heart. It's just like Jesus said, it's just like Paul wrote, that he said that the husband needs to love his wife even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. There is that idea of sacrificial love. So the last almost 30 years have been uh, much better and much different because I learned some very important differences. <clears throat> and I think that's that's the way probably a lot of uh, people who've been married for 50 years or 60 years might say, hey, there, there have been bumps in the road, there were ups, there were downs. But there came a point at which we both learned some things about ourselves and we learned some things about each other. And and hopefully the the latter years will be the best years because of the things that we have learned. But marriage is not an easy thing because what you're trying to do, even though, you know, spiritually God has made two one uh, <clears throat> physically. Uh, you know, I'm me and you're you and I've got what I want and you've got what you want. And well, I don't want that. And what are we going to do about that? And, you know, we have the arguments and we have the disagreements and, and we have the difference in personalities and in, in Tai Chi, we call it, in fact, in an art called Aikido, which is similar to Judo, it's called blending. And we do that in Tai Chi where when you're when someone and we do it in Iaido in, in, in sword as well. When somebody attacks you, you instead of uh, <clears throat> going after their strength or allowing their strength to hit you, you actually blend with them in your movements and you move just as they move. And then you're able to take over their movement and send them wherever you want to send them. So. Blending in martial arts is very similar to blending in a marriage that you learn how to move together. It's like people who know to, how to dance. You mm -hmm. know, when you watch when you watch really a couple who has been dancing together for a long, long time, it's amazing. It's a thing of beauty. Yeah, very, very, very graceful. And I know that I'm sure you and your well, wife have given each other a lot of grace over the last 50 years, oh, that, 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 that's the name of your, your co-founder, what, 30 years ago? We started Grace Martial Arts, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah we started Grace Life Ministries and Grace Martial Arts. Uh, Grace Life was because, uh, I named it that because it is the life of grace. Hmm. That's what we do. We live a life of grace. And Grace Martial Arts, just because I wanted grace to be the, the main focus of this mar Christian martial arts program. Absolutely, yeah. Well, it's it's uh it's been an honor talking to you, Mark, and and catching up with you, and and uh, from uh, my my olden days as a, a young, uh, kind of wet behind the ears journalist, and so now I've grown up as a now a news anchor and father and husband myself, and so uh, I appreciate uh, the lessons you you've taught me and many others along the way. Well, thank you, Jason. So good to talk to you, and hello to all of your audience. Um, awesome, awesome thing that you're doing. Love these podcasts. In 1968, when I started television, if you asked me what a podcast was, <laughs> I would say, I have no idea what you're just talking about. <laughs> Cell phone, social media, what do you mean? What's the <laughs> 
So, I mean, things have come along so far so fast in just the last 50 years. Absolutely. And, and uh, I usually close out the uh, the podcast and with a prayer. So I want to uh, kind of uh, uh, bow to you and, and, and have you close us out in prayer if you don't mind. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we love you. We love you so much. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, because he is the one who makes entrance into heaven possible for us. He's the one who advocates for us. He's the one who's the payment for our sins. He's the one who appeases your wrath against us. We love you. We thank you. Thank you for Jason. Thank you for this opportunity. And I just pray that someone uh, will be blessed as they listen. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thanks very much, Mark. I appreciate it. And we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, hopefully we can connect sometime since you're in Alabama. I'm in Georgia. We'll uh, get together sometime. Or I'll need to watch some of your Zoom uh, lessons when it comes to uh, martial arts and Tai Chi. I can, I'm sure I can learn a, a, a lot from that. Thank you, Jason. Please say hi to your wife and kids for me. Miss you all a lot. Thank you so much, Mark. And it was definitely great to catch up with uh, Mark McGee, my former boss, one of my favorite bosses probably ever uh, in uh, TV news or, or in any field. Uh, just a great guy, and uh, he still teaches karate and judo and tai chi, those in, in Alabama, and classes in Florida via Zoom. And again, just love that his motto for life, which is up at the top of his Facebook page, loved by God, saved by grace, blessed beyond measure. So uh, hopefully you have a mentor in your life uh, like I've had with Mark. And uh, so definitely uh, keep in touch. Reach out to them, especially during this time of the COVID-19 pandemic, because we can talk via phone and Zoom and all other kind of things as well. Turn now to our final segments of this great Run the Race podcast, starting with a little food for thought that uh, deals with the issues of martial arts. And first, we're going to have a fitness a tidbit for you that I've found. Uh, a lot of you know uh, Joe Rogan, uh, if you're a UFC fan or not, and he's got one of the most popular podcasts of all time. So uh, just in the last few years, the 53-year-old, who's a black belt himself in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, taekwondo, and karate, uh, very decorated um, in that field, along with being a, a great podcast host. Back in 2018, he demonstrated his power during a visit to the UFC Institute in Las Vegas when testing himself on a machine called the Power Cube. Now, it, there was a, a record, a power record set by Francis Naganu. Uh, you know, showed the scary power, and it's is it, this machine is is for building, showing if you have the hardest punch and kick recorded on that device. And so Rogan said, "Well, I, you know, I can do that. I'm 51 years old. I can I can show I have more power than this guy who had the the record of all time." Well, Rogan broke Naganu's punch power record of almost 130,000 on the power cube, a blow that was confirmed as the hardest ever thrown. So he put his money where his mouth is or, or his punch or kick where his mouth is. Rogan uh, you know, takes his fitness seriously, probably been helped by getting himself into to great shape, changing his diet. He admitted he used to have love handles in the belly that made him the, you know, the butt of some jokes. 
and it prompted him to go on that carnivore diet uh, just a few years ago, and he's a very fit now. Again, martial arts, UFC, very close in line with each other. Uh, some things you see on, on Cobra Kai and Karate Kid as well. On the, uh, the faith side of things, this is an article I found in Niagara Frontier Publications called Martial Arts Teacher Combines Kicks with Faith. We're talking about Bob Heisner, who teaches Bushido at his building in Niagara Falls, and he became proficient in the martial art through a blending of six different disciplines that he learned while serving in the Vietnam War. We salute him for his service. He said the process of training uh, is not just about helping your muscles. It stays with you as a student. You have self-determination and inspires you to, to become better than you think you can become. And he gained a lot of success and in terms of years of, of instructing, but it wasn't until he says he found God that Heisner truly began living up to his potential. So he decided to kind of blend his Christian faith with his martial arts to make a real change in the world, starting uh, a place called Project Future Center. Uh, he said that if you have a black belt, you have a responsibility, and really people in general have a responsibility to make a difference, even if just by yourself. And so on the wall, Heisner has these principles written for the youth that he instructs uh, through this uh, form of karate. And this says... We take responsibility for our actions, take recognition of our talents and the need to serve our communities and make the world a better place, have respect for all rightful authority, endeavor to live by the golden rule by treating others the way we would desire to be treated ourselves, take a stand against drug abuse and needless violence, have the courage to practice our faith and live our convictions. That is from Bob Heisner in Niagara Falls at his uh, martial arts center. So a great motto to live by for sure. And uh, speaking of mottos, uh, we have a uh, parting gift for today, which uh, appropriately is from uh, one of my favorite movies that we talked about earlier, the 1984 version of Karate Kid. It is from Mr. Miyagi, who is played by the actor Pat Morita. And uh, it is a quote from that movie. It says, Wax on right hand, wax off left hand. Wax on, wax off. Breathe in through the nose, out the mouth. Wax on, wax off. Don't forget to breathe. Very important. And uh, we can use that lesson now, just breathing in and breathing out. And because uh, we, you know, we all deal with stresses and anxiety in our daily life at home with our family or with work or whatever else. And so just, you know, taking that time and, and learning that, um, you know, some of the things, it's muscle memory, that wax on and wax off when he was waxing the cars and, and painting the fence uh, that Daniel LaRusso was in that movie. Not sure why he was doing all that work, but uh, sometimes, you know, God will kind of show us through the things that we do that we can learn, whether it be through his word or, or through things that just kind of uh, helping people out and, and, uh, and praying and and uh, all those kind of things can be muscle memory that can teach us uh, really important lessons in life so that we can win when we are faced with the huge challenges in our life, like we're facing right now uh, through this pandemic and, and so many other things that you have to deal with crises that, that will come up in our life no matter what. And you're ready to, uh, to really kind of put a karate chop to those and, uh, and do your best uh, that only God can help you do. And uh, Mark McGee gave our closing prayer. So again, thank you so much for joining us for this uh, Run the Race podcast. We are uh, closing in on episode number 40. And uh, if, if you have um, you know, so, uh, maybe a suggestion of what we can talk about or who I could, should talk to, send that to Dennis at WTVM.com or go to WTVM.com slash podcast and, and write a review. Talk to us about you know, what you'd like to hear on this. And, and uh, we'd love to talk to you more about it and, and definitely subscribe 
subscribe to this podcast. Uh, We'd love more and more people to hear our inspiring stories of fitness and faith. Banzai!